The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys football. We are deep, deep into the offseason here uh, with the NFL Combine starting up this week. So this will kind of pull into some of that conversation, some of the free agent talk here and everything in between. But before we do that, Aiden, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Tony, we actually got to see each other today. This That was a little fun surprise. Tony was in <laughs> Texas, so got to see Tony live in person for the first time. So my day's going pretty well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to, you know, I was going to bring that up too for the listeners who have been, you know, loyal first and 10, you know, listeners for us for years at this point. Um, me and Aiden every week, you know, more times than not met up. We talk all week long. We, you know, we, we come on this podcast. We talk about the Cowboys for multiple seasons at this point and, for the first time ever, we got to meet today, so that was cool. Um, got to enjoy some barbecue. Uh, realized that Aiden's probably a full foot taller than me, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was a good time to actually meet in person. I, I love that's one of the coolest parts about being in the NFL community, the Cowboys community, is you get to meet people. Um, you know, some most of the times you never really get to meet people that you interact with the most in actual flesh, but uh, we get it, we're able to do that, and I think that was uh, that was pretty cool. That was a fun time, and. Tony knows his barbecue. He he was the one that recommended the barbecue spot, and it was <laughs> it was solid. Ten out of ten. Well, you know what? I was for the people that you know know or don't know. I think you would speak better to this than I am. I've just been here for a little while. Um, everyone says Pecan Lodge, right? Is the best. I think consensus. I think I've heard that from multiple people. You told me that when you knew I was coming down here, and I agree. It was really really good. But we we were staying in Arlington, and you know Hurtado's is right there, right in, you know, on front street. And, uh, I was like, man, hey, I don't know if you've ever had this, but, and I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know what's good, what's bad, but we went there and you seemed to say you liked it. So I think I have a good taste for it. Delicious. I highly recommend not a plug. Yeah. Not a plug. They're not paying us. Uh, that's all that, but I will say, um, yeah, like for me, I was just like, I don't know, like this is it's saying, I mean, this is the best I've ever had, but I think I've said that like 10 times while I've been here, like this is the best I've ever had, but I'm glad that my taste buds checked out <laughs> with what you were thinking. Cause you know, you're a lifelong Texan. So I'm glad that it kind of checked out there. I think it's one of the best barbecue spots I've had in the DFW area. Wow. Okay. All yeah. right. So I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, cause that's, 
You said I've eaten so many, but I've eaten so much barbecue. I've tried to actually eat as much as I can because when I go home, <laughs> I want to be sick of it because there's nothing like this in Massachusetts. Like I want to eat it that it's just one of those things where I don't want to see it for a year. And I probably when I do want it, it's probably not going to hit the same way anyway. So I think I just want to ruin it for myself at this point. <laughs> well, I I will not need barbecue for a while. That I overindulged at lunch. I'm still full now. <laughs> Perfect. So let's get into the Cowboys. Let's get into the salary cap. And speaking of over and indulging, uh, the NFL, man, that's a business that that don't often lose money here. And, you know, nope. with the first topic we're going to talk about is the salary cap increase from, you know, where it was to now it's at $255.4 million. Um, that was, I believe, uh, if my math is correct, I think it was like 5 to $10 million more than even like the projectors that thought it was going to end yeah. up being. So, um, obviously the NFL is making money and for people who don't know, that's directly based on revenue, based on, you know, TV, all the things, all the money that the NFL makes, they calculate that. And that's why, what they allow teams to spend on a yearly basis. Uh, anyway, it's a lot of detailed information. What we need to know and discuss is the Cowboys have more money now to spend. Do you anticipate them really, you know, balling on a budget now with this? Yeah. I mean, all teams like the, Salary cap was applied evenly to all teams. So it's not like the Cowboys disproportionately benefit benefited from this. I will say this is coming at a good year for the Cowboys, given the Dak situation, the CD contract coming up. Like the Cowboys are figuring out a lot of big contracts now. And so the fact that this salary cap increase came this year, where like this this salary cap increase is a, a lot of it is tied to the one billion dollar um TV deals that a lot of the major networks signed like three years ago. Those are finally kicking in in 2025. So you're seeing the salary cap increase. Um, what else? I mean, I think this is coming at a perfect time. We'll see what Jerry decides to do, but the Cowboys do have movement this year. They can extend Dak. They can sign CD. They can get what they need to done with the team and then have more money to play with if they handle restructures, right? Yeah, so it's it's probably more realistic to know and to note that this isn't just found money. Like I think the the book people inside of you know Frisco inside the headquarters understood like what they were gonna have to play with, give or take a few million, and ended up being on the plus side here. Um, and we know that you know everyone's got it, but at this point, this gave them a little bit more flexibility with how they got to handle the books because I believe as it sits, they're in the bottom five in the league as far as money able to spend for the year. I think they're actually in the negative right now, which, you know, yeah. it happens all the time. That's really not a big deal. I think people see the red number and get a little nervous, but that's just some things that they can move around. But because of this increase in whether it's, you know, a few million here or there, that's less that fat they have to trim, so to speak, to kind of keep some people intact. Um, do you expect them to, to do something with that. I know we got a whole conversation about free agency and what our expectations are, but in a brief synopsis here, do you think like, you know, is this more so just a better situation with Dak Prescott or do you think this kind of helps the bigger picture when it comes to outside guys as well? I, I mean, this is great news for Dak Prescott as well. He's now going to come like his contract tend to be based off the, a percentage of the cap. It wasn't, it's, it's not like Dak was just going to stand pat at whatever number he had in his head. I will say though, I think we're going to know a lot about what the Cowboys are planning on doing pretty soon, given how aggressive they are with restructures, given how, what they're doing with other players. Like I've seen some projections, like some people who, and I'm not one of those like can play with the salary cap and know exactly how that funny money can shake out. I'm 
I've seen projections to where the Cowboys, if they play their cards right, extend Dak, give CD a new contract and play around with it, that they can end somewhere like 80 million below the cap. So there is room to for the Cowboys to work if they want to work that way. I don't we're just gonna know pretty soon because like those restructures, those extent like they presumably would be coming somewhat soon. Yeah, and with that money, you know, I mean, like you said, you were talking about Dak Prescott. He can expect anywhere from $57 million a year. And I know you were talking about percentage of the cap allocated. I think people get hooked on the number and see a guy who's going to make almost 60, maybe, you know, 60 plus million dollars a year, how it shakes out. And they don't realize, like, it's to the percentage probably. I saw somebody, and I don't even know what outlet wrote it, but some outlet wrote, like, um, the Cowboys are going to, set the market or Dak Prescott's going to set the market or, you know, it, it's just not true. You know what I mean? That I mean, to put it bluntly, it's the, the market is set for a day or a week until somebody else sets the market. Yep. It's really just staying with inflation, just like in anything like eggs, more expensive milk's more expensive. And you know, when the money goes up in the NFL quarterbacks become more expensive. So uh, it's really not a huge deal, but um, I, yeah, it's one of those things where like it's good for the league. It's good to see the, the round number go up. It helps this year. I know that everybody has the same, you know, $255.4 million to spend, but for it to come the way it did this year, I think it means more to Dallas because it's less fat trimming. Like I said, a couple minutes ago, that helps them. Like there's going to be some years when they kick the can down the road on teams and the money doesn't go up as much as this did. And you're now they're making more, tougher decisions with the roster this year it, it helps them a little bit in that sense and maybe it's just unique to this season i couldn't agree more and like like you mentioned i do expect Dak to he's gonna land at around like i expect him to land north of 60 million i think his team knows what they're doing there i'll also say if the cowboys are smart they have to and we talked about this last offseason you have to beat justin jefferson's contract like you have to that has to come first. C.D. Lamb's contract has to come before Justin Jefferson's contract, or else if you talk about setting the market, C.D.'s going on set the market. Like those, these two great receivers, arguably two of the best receivers in the NFL, are competing for a contract. They, they're going to get a contract at the exact same time this year, probably. Assuming both of them, like, we'll we'll see what happens. But I expect both Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb to get a contract this year. C.D. Lamb, if the Cowboys are smart, you have to. You have to pay him first. You yeah. don't let the you don't let the Justin Jefferson contract come first. I totally agree. I mean, we can we were going to talk just strictly about the salary cap, but I think it's a natural progression to talk about some of these numbers that are coming up, right? You just pay Trayvon Diggs. Dak Prescott has to get paid. Um, what are you going to do with Micah Parsons? There's there's some real conversations that had to be had, and all these guys deserve their money. I mean, I think that's really. And when some people talk about the market, the market, your market is what somebody's willing to pay you. And the Cowboys are willing to pay these guys, regardless of what fans or media outlets say or conversations I had. But it's interesting because we've seen over the last, what, six, seven, eight years, the Cowboys have made the running back position a priority. And I wonder, because of all of the other spending they got to do in different spots and Tony Pollard just being on a franchise tag, we're going to get... A, a low budget guy or we're going to get a draft pick and that's going to be the workhorse back. And I think that's way, maybe a way the Cowboys trim the fat is go light at a running back spot that we haven't seen them do in a while. And I would be completely in favor for that. They're still paying Zeke, right? They're still on. Yeah. Uh, I believe there's another yeah. like 4 million this year or something like that or something. Okay. That so, yeah. 
it's not, I guess crazy not completely. Money, yeah, yeah, not crazy, but yeah, okay. But yeah, I would love if the Cowboys decided they like. I don't. I'm not in the Derrick Henry camp. I'm not in some of these big names that have been floated. Like, I mean, come on, let's not act like Saquon Barkley is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Like, I'm not in for any of that. What I'd prefer and what I think would be a great move is, like you mentioned, Cowboys pick up a cheap veteran to the tune of two, three, four million dollars in free agency, draft a third, fourth round running back, and let those two guys work. Because, I mean, we saw what Rico Dowdle did. We'd like, you can have contributors come out of the wood the woodworks and you can get solid running back production where you're not paying um, Tony Pollard 12 13 14 million dollars yeah what was it was it Deontay Foreman from the for the Bears that was making like four or five million dollars a year like if you can find a guy in that in that realm right four to five million dollars has some juice I believe in their pro scouting department and I believe when Will McClay and what they're doing to find a guy who can come in and be a year or two piece, right? Have them in there. It's Pollard made the $10 million. You don't even need to touch that. I think you can go no. up to maybe six, seven million at most. Try to find a guy in that ballpark. And I would use it doesn't have to, it's not gonna be first round. And I don't think it should be second round. But if you want to use a top 100 pick on a running back and have that be your guy for the next four years and pair him with some veteran for the next year or two, I think that's the way they set the market. You know what I mean? I think that's the way they kind of they use that position. They still got they got to draft offensive line, they got to draft defensive line, they got to draft linebacker. There's so many different spots that they got to touch. Um, but they could also touch in free agency. That's probably better, alo- you know, allocation of those assets than the running back spot. So um, I think that's the kind of the way they're going to work the money a little bit is to, to go light at a running back spot that we've seen them go heavy at for a decade now. Yeah. And the benefit of this is it's not that you can like, it's not like we're arguing that, uh, cheap vet running back and a third round running back is going to give us the best running back room in the league. That's all we're arguing. What we're arguing is that because of the sacrifices you're making at running back, you can pay more important positions. You can sign some bigger names. Uh, maybe they decide to sign a big name D tag. Like there's, you can play with more if you don't go all in at the running back position. The question I have for you though, is we have kind of been operating under this foregone conclusion that Tony Pollard's gone. At what price tag would you be willing to bring Pollard back? I can't see a world where he's much less than the franchise tag he got last year. You know what I mean? I mean, if he takes anything less than the franchise tag, then him and his camp in the NFL would agree that he had a lesser year last year, which I think we all agree it wasn't to his expectation. Um, But with that being said, for... I wouldn't get what I think he thinks he's going to get, right? I wouldn't give him the, you know, $10 million, $9 million. If, you know, the first week passes, he doesn't get picked up. If it's the second week passes, he doesn't get picked up. And now that number is more in the 6 to $7 million range. I'm cool with keeping Tony Pollard, but I don't want to hit plus $8 million. I don't, I'm not even going to touch the franchise tag. And I don't know. I think and nothing against Pollard. I just, and I, I value keeping guys that you trust around. But I, I think that there's fresher legs, um, a, a new situation that's probably cheaper and better use of the the, the funds than him. I it just did to hear what you think. Do you, you want to keep him around? No, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page here. I think there is a price where I'd be willing to keep. Like if Tony Pollard's and I don't expect this to happen, but if Tony Pollard's camp said, "Yeah, it was a down year," we'd be willing to sign like a one year prove it deal 
with the Cowboys again, maybe hoping that the offensive line gets a little bit better, hoping that another year recovered from his injury, Tony Pollard's a little bit better, like a one-year prove-it deal for, to the tune of like $6 million, like you mentioned. I'd be completely in for that. But yeah, I'm not going, I don't think I'm going past seven. I'm not, no way I'm touching double digits. Let me throw this out there for the public before we switch topics here. I would be interested if the money makes sense in a guy like DeAndre Swift. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like, I like his running style. I don't think they used him correctly in Philly. And when they did, he was explosive. Like, and that's the, that's, he ran the ball. Like, I hope Tony Pollard would have last year. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I, Swift specifically, I think you can get him cheaper than Tony Pollard. I think you could get Swift to the tune of like four to five million. It'd be that. perfect. And Swift is a better receiving back than Tony yes. Pollard. Yes. Uh, yep. 100%. I think, I think DeAndre Swift, is a cheaper, better, less used version of Tony Pollard, which is crazy because Pollard wasn't used at all until this year. Yep. And then prove that he really probably didn't want or need that workload. And I think we learned that the hard way. Yeah, that's another thing. And I don't know why this is kind of turned into a Tony Pollard talk, but we we need a receiving back this year. Tony Pollard's receiving work was, ooh, it was yeah. difficult to watch at times. That's not really Dowdle's game. I'd like Dowdle had took a couple screen passes to the house. Yeah. That was cool to see, but he's not a receiving back. I'd like the Cowboys like this year we need a receiving back. Yeah, totally agree. So that it's a natural transition. When we're starting to talk about outside guys, let's get yep. into our second topic here with the free agency conversation and and really everyone around the team, anybody who covers it, who understands it, um, the Cowboys. Everyone's telling you to temper the all-in conversation. And and you know, every you know, I remember what was it? Jerry Jones said that, you know, we, we're going to be all in. We have an all in nature this year. And it, it felt like fodder. Some people bought it. Some people were intrigued by it. I was one of those people at first. I was like, I love hearing that. Like, I mean, he got me with the lip service. I know Jerry's the salesman. And he kind of got me hook, line and singer for a minute. But everybody you talk to has been backpedaling that sentiment with this money allocated with so many holes. I mean, if you look at a team that's gone 12 and five, three years in a row, there's actual like real holes here to fill. And you know how the Cowboys use free agency. They, they put a stop gap in so they can draft best player available in the draft. Do you, do you buy or think that's what the plan is? Or what do you think about this whole all in tempered nature? Do you think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive? And do you think people are just kind of leaning to what we've seen to this point? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's just, it's tough to believe that Jerry would use the 
term all in and then just sit on his hands for an entire offseason. Now, granted, I don't think it's going to be like the Cowboys are signing every big name free agent and like we're they're doing the stuff that we'd love for them to do one offseason. I don't think it's going to be crazy, but I could see it being another offseason like last like last offseason where like, yeah, it's a couple splashy trades, a couple new names being brought to the team, maybe a couple like maybe not the highest, like the biggest name free agents, but a couple guys that you're like, okay, they can they can maybe not be starters, but they can be solid contributors on this team. Like, I think it's stuff like that where I don't know if I expect Jerry Jones to completely open up the bank account this year to outside free agents, but I, I just have a tough time believing he'd use the term all in and then, then then literally do nothing. I couldn't agree more. Like for me, I, I think what the NFL world has viewed as all in is like the Rams when they won the Super Bowl or the Eagles yeah. with Howie Roseman. But I think we are going to see Jerry and Steven Jones version of all in, which to some may not be that at all. But as Cowboys fans who understand like Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy aren't what we're <laughs> looking for. Uh, uh-huh, Clinton I, Dix. Yeah, exactly. Like those aren't the, that isn't the free agency moves that we're hoping for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that we're going to see something. I think I think it started last year with the trading assets for Stephon Gilmore, trading assets for Brandon Cooks. I think those are smart moves. They're moves that really shaped and helped last year's team. Um, but I think they take it up just a little bit of a notch. Now, what does that look like? I don't know. It's hard to put a name on it. But I think that... I think their goal is to come out of free agency with a couple, maybe at least one starter, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you can find a free agent linebacker that could help Damone Clark put Marquise Bell back at safety where he naturally belongs, I mean, with the Marvion Overshone, like, I think linebacker, like we talked about last year, I hate the fact that it came to be true, but we had talked before the season that my biggest worry was the linebacker room. I think Mike Zimmer is not going to allow that to be the same situation coming into this year. And I think as much impact as you can get from draft guys, they got to figure that situation out before you even draft anybody. So I anticipate maybe a starting caliber linebacker, wherever that may be or who that is. Do you expect any trades? Um, Like last year? I think, I think trades, I mean, it's tough to trade because they don't have as much capital this year. As yeah. far as, you know, draft capital, I think they're going to use every pick they have, and they probably should. Um, but there's also guys who, you know, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, I've said this before a couple of weeks ago, the back end of this draft isn't nearly as deep because of NIL money and guys not coming out of the league. So what talent you're going to get in the sixth or the seventh round, maybe a year or two's, you know, priority free agent type stuff. So how much value are is there in the late round picks? So maybe they package it. Maybe they trade it. Like maybe they're cool with just taking somebody in the first like three, four, you know, five rounds and and trying to get rid of later round stuff. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think I think that's where Jerry feels the most comfortable trading picks for players, not trading player for player. So I, I wouldn't be surprised yep. if we see it at all. I, I mean, I love it. And it seems like after last year, like that was the two splash all in moves we got. Like, did we sign? Who's the biggest name for agent we signed? Brandon Carr. Extra- <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Last year. Oh, like, yeah, I was going to ex- say, like, you can't like, even we... think. I'm trying. I don't know. I mean, so. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah, think. I, <laughs> I, know, I, I don't think I can even name. Oh, uh, what, what's the offensive lineman who didn't play Chimo at Dogo. all? But 
Chuma Doga. I mean, yeah. yeah. Would that be the biggest name that we signed last offseason externally? Yeah, yeah. I think it might be. <laughs> it might be. But, <laughs> we're, I'm sure we're missing somebody, but yeah, that's... Not to put you on the spot, though. Do you have a name that, like, is your golden... And it's good if you don't, but is your golden right now, like, I'd love if they could get this free agent. And I can yeah. go first if you need a little time to think about it. I know the I know the person. I just don't know how to say the name. It's the linebacker from Tennessee. Oh, uh, okay. I'm... Well, while you're looking, I'm my answer would be Justin Matabuke, and I don't think it's realistic. Mm. But because I think we're looking at like a twenty million dollar defensive tackle, he's he was a defensive tackle for the Ravens this year, had an insane star study year, and I think if you could add a, a name like that in free agency, that'd be huge. But I don't expect the Cowboys to pay nearly that much money for a defensive tackle in this offseason, the... especially when you just drafted one the first round last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a yeah. I mean, I th- I just want linebacker help, and it's funny because I think a lot of people look at linebacker as like the running back of the defense as far as value and al- and allocation of assets, but they need it. I think yep. I think running back can be found in the draft. It can be found in different ways, but we saw what this team looks like when they don't have a fortified middle, you know, second level uh, defender. When when Leighton Van Der went down. It was cute for a while, right? Like, I think Marquise Bell filled in admirably, but when you're 212 pounds and you're playing against the Packers team and a 49ers team and teams that like to run the ball, like, the people that have, the teams that have no frills about them, they're like, we're just going to run it down your throat and, like, why change it? Like, the Buffalo Bills, they made Josh Allen, like, a, you know, a fancy ball ball handoffer. Like, it was just, <laughs> they didn't have to do anything else. So, yeah. That stuff is the stuff Mike Zimmer is not going to allow to happen. It's just not going to happen anymore. So, um, what is his name? I, 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 I'm drawing a blank on it. I've been trying to look it up. What is? His I name? mean, here's here's some here's some linebacker names that might be interesting to okay. the guy. Like, Let's see. Is is Bobby is the Bobby Wagner train going to get started again? No, because he's a <laughs> free agent. He's still he's still getting gold, but he was a Pro Bowler this year. True. Isaiah Simmons could be. I think Isaiah Simmons would have been more interesting to Dan Quinn given his positional flexibility. Uh, but he's a free agent. Uh, you have Kenneth Murray from the Chargers, who's solid. Uh, oh, Aziz Alsha here. Oh, he's a free agent. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Aziz okay. Alsha here. Yeah. So that's that seems to be a popular name. That's the one that I would want. I think he fills a need, fills a role. I don't know what money he's going to come in. Probably he might be marketed out for the Cowboys, but. That's somebody I think can plug and play, be a starting linebacker for the Cowboys, and I think it would instantly help the middle of that defense. I okay, like as a comparison, Patrick Queens, who's also a free agent, this he's this he market value is like bag. 18, 18 yeah. yeah, nineteen million. I assume Isaiah Alshayer should be a sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, is that would, would you spend that? Yeah, I yeah, it's a, a it just depends on that? yeah. Are you paying that for a linebacker? It's really like you mentioned. It's really tough to say no to that after last year, but if you were to offer me like a that a, a linebacker like that caliber, sorry, a linebacker like that, like a, a Al Shire and like a middling starter ish, not middling starter, like a middling role player, or Matabuke. The defensive tackle, I'm taking Matabuke ten times out of ten. Yeah, like I'd I'd rather have the defensive tackle, the upfront help, and I do think that kind of goes to what you were worried. I don't think teams would be able to run as easily on us. Mm-hmm. But in that, like, I'm not. I would not be disappointed at all if we paid that much for a linebacker. 
And then you look at it like Leighton Van Esch, like we mentioned as a P-step, you know, once he went down, it yeah. hurt us. He was only on a two-year $11 million deal. So, like, that's five and a half a year. Like, we're talking about three times that to, to fortify the middle of the yeah. So it's, I mean, it'd be a change in philosophy. He, that linebacker would also be the only linebacker getting meaningful money on the team. Everybody else is young and selling their rookie contracts. I think it's worth it. Like, I, I don't need to be talked into it too much. I just hope. So if that's if if that's the Cowboys version of all in, are you okay with that? They they spend big money at a one-name linebacker who they, they understand and recognize they need a difference maker there, and they go and get it. I'd be fine. With, like, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm going to be fine with any quote unquote big name. That's even if it's a big name hunter. I don't like. I don't care. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, for me, yeah. Um, you know, for me, fair enough. But so where they do spend most of their time and their al- allocation and all of that is at the draft and the combine yep. and all that stuff. So with that being coming up this week. Um, the Cowboys will obviously just like every other, all 31 other teams will be there well represented and handling uh, business as they, you know, dissect these prospects. But one interesting storyline I want to touch on, I'll get your take on it is Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer are going to be staying in Frisco. They're going to be staying in Texas. They're not going to travel to the combine. Um, not unusual, not something that's never happened before. I think, uh, Mike wasn't there last year because he had to fortify his offensive, you know, coaching staff. This year, Mike Zimmer's got to get his defensive coaching staff um, together so they won't be there. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you, do you want your defensive coordinator there? Do you care? Do you trust the scouts? Like, where where's your take on that? No, just because of how much I trust McClay. Now, granted, last year wasn't a incredible success, and it wasn't a success at all. If we're being honest, so. But I still trust Will McClay. I still he he's clearly running the show. He knows what he's doing. And there's other there's gonna be more than enough opportunities for Mike Zimmer to get meetings with these guys. Like the Will McClay is gonna have a short list of guys that he's looking at in the first round. Mike Zimmer is gonna get to meet with them. They're gonna get those conversations. So I I'm okay with this. I'm would have preferred Mike Zimmer to be there, knowing that I don't know. Do you think it's more likely we go offense or defense in the first round this year? I think that's a great question, actually. I think most things that I've seen is most people think it's going to be offensive line. I yeah. personally have saw um, – I I fit them in with a wide receiver, which isn't, like, too popular. But, like, there's – I mean, Brandon Cooks has only got one year left. Um, Jalen Tolbert is – his best year this year still was, like, you're not counting yeah. on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Jalen Brooks is a seventh round pick they're excited about, but Cavante Turpin, like this was his chance to come out and it wasn't all that great. So I wouldn't be comfortable completely with the wide receiver room. So I wouldn't be afraid of taking that, but I'm also a best player available guy. I, I want to draft, draft BPA, whether it's offensive line, defensive line. Like there was a world where I did a mock that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I'll do, put a spoiler out because it's not going to, this comes out tonight. I did one where, um, I had the Cowboys taking Jared Verse, and it just happened Ooh, to work. You know what I mean? I like him, him at 24, yeah. like there's free agents at the defensive line. So this is a long roundabout way of me saying, like, I think most people are seeing offense, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go any different way here. I think that you're right. The most common position that I've seen the Cowboys draft in mocks is on the offensive line. However, you're also right where they're in a position to take best player available, and that best player available very well could be defense like it was. Last year when they took Mozzie Smith. So 
in that in that case, yeah, if I had my brothers, Mike Zimmer would be there. But if you're telling me that he thinks that putting together his squad is of more value to him, then I mean, I'm not gonna stand in his way. You do you, Mike. Yeah, both and, mics, <laughs> both mics, right? So, um, I want to ask you this. So, on piggybacking off the combine conversation specifically talking about will mcclay talking about you know the front office the scouts that that get praise for doing a good job um do you think this is an important draft for them to get this right because like you said last year feels like a stinker like last year there wasn't much production to speak of um a really head scratcher that you hope that we're all wrong and it ages like wine but 2023 there wasn't much as far as production goes are they on the are they like on the hot seat a little bit this year? Just not like anything crazy is gonna happen, but like in the public perception, like, hey, we need to get this one right. Uh, I think they built up enough good capital by absolutely crushing every other draft set. Like they're not in the hot seat. And I don't think people shouldn't be worried about Will McClay if it turns out to be another bad draft. But I will say it is important because this year you have the opportunity to potentially get like a two drafts for the price of one. If things work out well, so say you draft, let's just a foregone conclusion that the 2024 draft turns out favorably for the Cowboys and they hit on a, the average number of picks that Will McClay's been hitting on over the last X amount of years. And then on top of that, you can develop Mozzie into a player that you drafted him to be. You get to Marvion Overshone back. Like you get maybe Luke Schoonmaker another year has that Jake Ferguson type. Like the we, we can't get, completely give up hope on last year's draft, and there is the, a real possibility that they take a step forward heading into 2024, especially with the Marvian Overshun returning from injury, which is a very big uh, addition that you're going to get back. Add that to a draft class that hopefully Will McClay can hit on this year. Like That's two drafts for the price of one, and now you have a bunch of new contributors coming in. That's a great way to think about it, and I think a lot of people are hoping that banks out like that, like, like they, when you look at it, they look at Mozzie Smith. It was a head scratcher for me. It was a head scratcher for a lot of people. If he goes out there and he ends up being the big, strong dude that everyone expected him to in year two, you're like, okay, we see it. But we didn't get that in year one. Like you said, DeMarvion Overshawn was probably the MVP of the rookies in, in camp until he got hurt and towards ACL. A lot of people are excited about what he's going to look like and has the chance to be. So, yeah, you're right. You're getting a, another quote-unquote draft pick if those guys hit. And you're, yeah, I mean, it's a great way to look at it. I mean, there's a lot of built up equity, like you said. They've done well. They've hit Trayvon Diggs, CD Lamb, Micah Parsons, Jake Ferguson. There's so many guys that they got right that you hope something comes of this group. I wonder. Yeah. You know, everyone worries about the Dan Quinn type and how they'll be affected when Mike Zimmer's here. I wonder because everyone's worried about in the negative light, if Eric Scott can actually benefit from being in a Mike Zimmer defense and actually show out more than people had saw. Like, I don't want to assume that because Zimmer's here that all Quinn's guys are going to just fall to the wayside. I hope that like maybe a change of philosophy might actually help for some of these guys that we've kind of buried or thought weren't going to be something. I mean, we've seen Cowboys players take like Deron Bland, a huge step from year one to year two. Like there's players that, can easily take a step from you mentioned Jalen Brooks earlier. Maybe Jalen Brooks is the type of guy that like if he came out during this camp in 2024, because he was already a camp darling last year. If he came out in this 2024 camp and everybody was like, okay, yeah, Jalen, Jalen, sorry, it's weird. Jalen Brooks, it's weird with Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Brooks looks like the real deal. 
I could see a world where he becomes regular contributor. Like, there's so many names that we had our eyes on during last year's training camp that it absolutely did not pan out during the 2023 season. But give it a year in a system that's going to remain somewhat similar, mostly outside of Mike, the changes that Mike Zimmer brings. Like, who knows? Uh, this there could there is a lot of room for the Cowboys to positively re positively regress get for that 2023 class. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. The NFL Combine, there will be some Rogers. There's things to look out for. Um, you know, we'll have you covered here at Blocking the Boys, all things Dallas Cowboys. Uh, before we kind of get out of here um, and kind of go on to next week, anything else that we didn't touch on? Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I saw a mock draft where the Cowboys took Cooper DeGene. That would be kind of mm. fun. That would be fun. And I'm unafraid of taking a cornerback, and I think he's one of the most freakish athletes in the group. Um, where, where do you play him? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to keep him at cornerback. but I'd He's a cornerback to more. me. I agree, but I've seen a lot of moving to safety, which is kind of sad. But yeah. I'd love to see him at cornerback. I'd love to see Cooper DeGene in camp. One on one, CD and Lamb, see how it works out. No, because the kid, <laughs> <laughs> the kid's a freak he athlete. Yeah, he, uh, he can play. And you know he, I mean, it's not good for Turpin, but he's a dude who could be a special teams freak too. So yeah. you're getting more than just you know a, a stud corner. I'm not above it. I'll take Kool Aid McKintry. I'll take you know Nate Wiggins. I, I'm down with a cornerback. I know Stephon Gilmore too. wants to come back, but I'm down with not for Ron eleven Blanton. million. No, right. No, I'm not I think I think it might be something like eleven million, and I'm not down for that. No, and so then you then then cornerbacks definitely on the table at, and pick one. So, um, and there's a good, it's a good crop. These are this is a the, I think the top five or six guys are like legitimately good cornerbacks from what I've watched. Um, so we'll see. I think it's gonna be fun to watch, but um, I digress. With that being said, uh, another episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.